construction, golf news, equipment, travel, interviews, course profiles, and more. Your weekly fix of all things golf is about to begin. It's the Flagstick Podcast with your hosts, Jeff Bonner and Scott McLeod. Well, here we go. It's Golf Expo Week, and we're here with another episode of the Flagstick Podcast uh, with uh, myself, Jeff Bonner, and of course, Scott McLeod. And uh, the uh, Flagstick Podcast, once again, this week, sponsored by Golf PEI. Golf Prince Edward Island is a premier Canadian golf destination, boasting the most number of golf courses per capita in the country, with over 400 fairways, closer than you can imagine, top-tier accommodations, and exquisite culinary experiences. It is the easiest golf vacation you will ever book. Visit golfpei.ca. Um of course, we want you to be uh, following us. Well, we know you're following us across all social media platforms, Instagram, X, TikTok, and Facebook. And please, please subscribe to Spotify, Audible, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. And we really encourage you to hit up our YouTube channel. Like us and click the notification bell. Make sure that you never miss a single episode. Um, we're always adding some fresh new content. Contests will be upcoming. So uh, give us a follow on uh, on YouTube. Yeah, how are you? Okay, sir? I'm great. Um, it is uh, as always. Ottawa, it is Ottawa a... Gatineau Golf Expo. Ottawa at Gatineau <laughs> Golf Expo. I, I I'm looking across on the other side of my desk here, where I where we yep. do our recording here, and I'm looking and I see I see a nice Srixon golf bag. Mm. I see a uh, beautiful looking uh, Cleveland uh, um, Elite putter. Oh, Frontline Elite. Frontline nice, Elite nice. putter. And I see, uh, I see an RTX Cleveland wedge sitting there, along with the banners rolled up for the back of the booth, the t- little TV on the on the floor where we'll be playing multiple episodes of this podcast throughout the whole weekend uh, yep. to to uh, uh, to entertain. I keep saying week. I keep saying weekend too, but it's, it's Friday, not Friday, Saturday. Saturday. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I guess te- technically. Technically, technically, there are those that believe that Sunday is the beginning of a week. So Sunday not if I, Sunday's not considered part of the weekend, then Friday and Saturday is the weekend, yeah. right? So just just so we don't have people showing up on on Sunday yeah. or going, I didn't know it was happening on Friday, Friday noon to eight. Um, we'll be setting up sometime tomorrow morning between eight and ten, probably yep. sometime between nine and ten. It won't take us very long, and. Um, yeah, and then Saturday it is uh nine to five. Five nine to five. So. Yeah, nine. yeah. Um, whatever the case, we'll be there yeah, for it. Yeah, we'll be there, so, and so will this stuff that's sitting on the other side of my desk. But you got to fill out the ballot. We're kicking it old school balloting, mm-hmm. old school, back to the nineteen nineties, before the digital age, before iPads and laptop sign up forms and stuff. We want we want to encourage. Lots of people to enter ballots into the draw, so we're going to have the old school drop box there, and cool. And of course, just to see everyone. Yeah, exactly. And the more people, the merrier, because we like to chat golf. That's what we do. That's why we, we do, do this podcast. So, uh, yep. yeah. So we do have a good show lined up for this week. Of course, we're going to uh, hit up some of the latest uh, news and stuff. Um, yeah. I'm going off script real quick in the in the front nine this week, so right, stay tuned for good. that in just a second. Sure. Uh, and on the back then, we're going to talk about golf improvement and what that means. Yeah. Now, this is big, obviously big a little bit here. more up Scott's alley than it's up mine, but I will throw my two cents worth in there for whatever it's worth, probably worth a lot less than two cents. <laughs> um, but let's get to the front nine uh, presented by Metcalf Golf Club. Natural setting, a pleasant challenge. Golf season is, and I believe it is, sooner, co- closer than you think. It's going to yeah. be here sooner than you think. So don't wait to start preparing for the upcoming golf season. Um, get on the waiting list for some of those leagues. Uh, if you if you can get a membership, get a membership. But check out the game packs. Big money to be saved there. Buy your game packs and get ready to hit the first tee in the spring. Visit MetcalfGolf.com to shop for those now. We have some some general topics that we want to maybe kick over during Including the some front breaking nine. Breaking news. Uh, yeah, there's breaking news. Uh, breaking news: The weather's brightening. Is that, yeah, is that, the, you is that what no, you're well, talking you about? Know. Now you know what's cool about the 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 weather brightening, and and we're yeah. starting to chat with the the local facilities. They're starting to kind of get a little bit of an idea of when their opening dates are going to be. But the great thing about that is that that also means that our uh, course openings calendar is going to be back. 
I already course added the, course opening calendar. Course openings calendar is probably the single most popular oh, thing in the shortest amount of time. Yeah. On the website. Yeah. You know, because once you're open, once they're open, they're open. But or right. once majority are open, it really doesn't. But this sort of next stretch of maybe what are we now? We're first of almost first of March. We're we're leap year day. Mm-hmm. Um, we are leap year day. February 29th only happens uh Every four uh, years. Every four years. So um happy leap year day. Um but so we're probably looking at May first for mostly all golf courses to be open, probably late April for the majority. A few will be open maybe before that, depending on what kind of weather we get between here and then. But that course calendar's got about a one and a half month lifespan. Yeah. You know, maybe insane. two months tops, but it is a high traffic part of the website and uh it'll be i, I was literally i soon. got I, I dealt with a couple of messages last night for people asking asking about it already uh so i let them know that you know <clears throat> got a couple of additions as of today in the range category and then uh we'll uh we'll get that linked up on the front page and to make it as prominent uh, as it can be and get well, a post up there as well we will the, the problem is that right now it's still it's still it's still pretty good indoor golf season right oh i know that's so we still need to have the indoor golf course directory up there because it's still it's still a pretty high so we'll probably what we'll do what we'll do is this um we'll create the little banner that we have in that position on the website and we'll put the two of those banners in rotation sure so they'll just flip flop back and forth so we'll be able to have both the course calendar the course openings calendar and the course uh the indoor golf directory um linkable off the front page at the same time yeah that's the technological side of what i'm able to bring to this team (laughs) um i don't bring a whole lot else so (laughs) i get and i get to fill out the calendar nonstop. (laughs) exactly exactly so i think my job is going to be a little bit easier on this one um but i'll take it you know you know what Um, the team all i all i will say is that if you are a facility and you know when your opening date is don't wait don't wait let me know you want to get on there because there's thousands of people will be flocking to that and on the other side of it that will help me a little bit i i hate having to scour websites and and social media pages to find out that information i mean i'm not adverse to work but trying to find out the opening dates specifically for 160 plus facilities plus ranges plus whatever else um it can be really difficult and it's challenging and you have to understand that's challenging for the consumer as well and if it's challenging for the consumer and they have to you know bombard your phone and it's just not going to work so it's easier just get us the information we'll get up on the calendar they can check the calendar anytime they want. Then they know when you're going to open, and then they can just go ahead and make their bookings. And you can adjust it, right? If exactly. You, if you pick yes. a date and you think, you know, it's going to be earlier, it's going to be later, then all you right. got to do is send an email, pick up the phone, drop us a DM, whatever the case may be, and say, "Hey, we're changing that date to this." It takes right. literally seconds for us to yeah. update it. So, don't stress about giving us a date if you're not 100 percent sure. Give us a starting yeah, can- date. We'll work from there. Yeah, just say, uh, you know, X number of date, weather permitting, we'll get that up on the calendar. People will understand that. They can keep an eye on it. They can, you know, they can plan and know ahead. And then, mm-hmm. like you said, we can make an adjustment. It's not hard to do. Uh, I drew all that directly from my phone uh, for that calendar and then got it set up that way. So I can change it in seconds. Okay, so here's the deal. Breaking news. Um, as we talk about uh, courses opening, ranges opening, uh, indoor golf um if you're if you're on social media and living in a uh, a uh, dark tent where you can't see anything um kevin Haim has been uh kevin Haim golf center they have been posting some images of mm-hmm. them doing some cleanup work some preparation work getting the range ready to go for the season and uh word word has come down from the higher ups uh, uh aka lisa Haim. Uh, that uh, they oh, it might have been Kevin. Um, I think it was Lisa. That uh, Friday, March the first. So as Tomorrow. we as we are standing in our booth at mm-hmm. the uh, Ottawa Gatineau Golf Expo, Kevin and Haim and Lisa Haim and the crew, Jake at Kevin Haim Golf Center, will be um, I'm certain inundated <laughs> with 
Ending off uh, golfers. <laughs> golfers who can, who have chump and chomping at the bit for this yeah. announcement, but Kevin Heem Golf Center is opening Friday. That's tomorrow. If you're listening today, today. it's today. Yeah. Um, Friday, March the first. So, yeah. and uh, not to be outdone, but only by a day. Down the highway, the Seaway Valley area, Archie's in Cornwall. As we saw some social media posts of them breaking up the uh, the ice in the in the the, uh, the little lake uh, around the uh, bubblers. Yep. That uh, Archie's down in Cornwall um, yep. is going to be opening on Saturday, March the second. Right. So, and that's and that's going to be the range, not their golf course, just so people right. are clear. Um, but yeah, they're they're getting open on Saturday as well. So I mean, it's a great. It's time. here. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're as we've talked about on the show. You know, a number of golf courses southwestern Ontario are already getting open. We've got some up in the Pickering area. We're obviously getting word of more of them. We're going to hear more of them, and then I would expect uh, we're going to hear some golf course news in the next couple days <laughs> of some courses that want to get open early or at least providing a date. To us, um, you know, we can always expect certain ones like, you know, Prescott, Calabogie, the Tin Caps of the world, um, you know, all sorts of different ones, Juniper Fairways, all these different ones that try to get open earlier. Um, we'll probably hear from them and we'll probably hear some, some dates pretty soon from them. Uh, I would suspect in the Quinty area, uh, of course, like Trenton. Uh, golf club tends to get open fairly early as well and i know timber ridge will try to get open probably early as well but we'll start to confirm some dates we'll fill that in with a calendar check flagstick.com repeatedly repeatedly <laughs> repeatedly yes. bookmark that calendar yeah and uh, we'll have updates constantly there. we hate to be selfish but hey it is what it is we're, we're the one that do, we're the one that does the work so okay so I see a list of things in, in some topics, and and, and uh, I want to get to these, but I want to talk quickly about something that uh, is kind of um, eating at me a little bit. Right. Um, that's been in the news, golf related, um, with respect to Taylor Gooch, and oh, um, <laughs> I, I, I'm going here because I, I was watching Sports Center. Um, yep. I do I do watch Sports Center, and uh, there was an interview with Rory. Um, with respect to his comments on it, and I and I and I get where Rory went with it. He kind of took a little bit of the. Um, he was very diplomatic. Yes, very diplomatic. Bob Weeks, not so much. Um, listened to an interview with uh, with uh, Bob Weeks on TSN. They'd asked him about the same, and he was not quite as uh, um, diplomatic about about the situation as Rory was. He was a little bit more too uh, straight and to the point that he's you know clearly not sure where taylor gooch's brain is situated with respect to his comments and and i kind of wanted to you know generally we do try to not get too involved in some of this stuff but you know what i don't really care um this is a golf podcast we may talk a lot of local stuff and regional stuff but golf is golf and you know a lot of this live stuff i've kind of i've kind of taken a little bit of the uh the the weak side of it uh, as of late, um, just kind of say, you know what, it's their choice. They want to go and play live and, you know, take the money and, 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 and own that. Then great. All the more power to them. I don't care. You know, they're, I'm sure they're all nice guys and not, not goofballs like Phil and, and Greg are. Um, but now I put Taylor Gooch in that classification as well, though I probably had him there before. Cause he was a bit of a wing nut when he was playing on the PGA tour anyway, but at the same time, um, to make a statement or a comment that he made is is absolutely asinine. Like oh, yeah, you, you sure. have got to give your head a shake yeah. when you think that there needs to be an asterisk beside Rory's name if he yeah. were to win. So so if if that is the case, then why is there not an asterisk beside Brooks Kepka's name when he won the PGA championship? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, he was well, a, pick, he was a live golfer at the time. Pick, um, pick, pick an event. Pick. I mean, uh, right. that's the thing. Nonstop. It's it's just it's just very myopic on his part that he's not really thinking about the pitcher. He's somehow or the the big pitcher. He's just he's just got something in his mind of you know this this is the way it is, and he's just not understanding the reality of it more than anything. So. Well, the re reality of it is Taylor Gooch when he played on the PGA Tour was an average player at best. 
yeah, on the PJ sure. Tour. And yes, he's been a very um, successful player on Live, mm-hmm. but to think that your success on Live warrants you getting an invitation by the committee at the Masters, right. like like yeah. that's that's the part that it, it's not it's not even just about the Rory statement. It's about thinking that your success mm-hmm. on Live. Mm-hmm should earn you Justifies a that. spot in yep. the masters yeah a, a tournament that is 100 percent of all of the golf tournaments on the planet mm-hmm. is the one that is most controlled yeah by the the operators and organizers of the event they have their right. own criteria and mm-hmm. the invitations that they sent out they don't even have to tell you other than other than the criteria they have for actually getting an invitation like the automatic invitation right. other than that they don't have to tell you well, who's especially getting invited. The, especially for the special invitations. I mean, that's the thing. That's up to them. If they want, yeah. if they want to invite their mom, they can. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I, I love the point that, you know, that Joaquin Neiman. Yeah, you know, he deserves it. it. He chased it. You know, and the thing yeah. was, he, did, he didn't depend on his success at Live. Yes. He chased other tours and other events around yeah. the world to raise his profile enough that it made the master's committee compelled mm-hmm. to invite him and offer a special invitation. You just 100%. Don't sit back and, and wait for it. You, you work yeah. for it. Yeah. You work he, for it. He's a lit and, and, and he's a live golfer. Yeah, for sure. Fine. You're a live yeah. golfer. That's great. But yeah. the other opportunities were out there. Of, of course. The, 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 do, the other doors were open and yeah. he, and he took them and he won in Australia and he played well in Dubai and he played like, as Rory yeah. to Rory's point, he he went after it, right? Uh, you know, and he earned it. Yeah, and for that, I I applaud, I commend. I don't care about the live stuff. So that's nope. the thing. Don't I don't want people to get the idea that I don't like live golf. I don't look. They're but I don't do care about live golf. It yeah. doesn't. Yeah. It, it it the the problem is, and Bob made Bob made such a good point. And maybe Bob listens to us on uh, on the podcast. Maybe he doesn't. But Bob, you made such a good point. The interviewer on TSN, and I forget who who it was. I think it was maybe Meldrum that asked him, asked Bob, you know, what does what does the uh, do the Masters need to do, or these other majors need to do to accommodate for you know the the success of Live and whatever? And he's like, you got this wrong. You're all, you got it all wrong. Nobody has to do anything to accommodate for Live. Live is the ones that need to make the adjustment to accommodate for what is required as it is right now. Whether you agree or disagree with the, with the official golf world rankings, whether you agree or disagree, and you can social media this to death saying they're, they're archaic, they're outdated. They don't mean anything, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter what you think about the, the, the official world rankings. That's the existence. That's the criteria that's set. And they're not changing that because of one tour, that tour needs to change to accommodate for the world rankings the way they are if they want to do that yeah so i i guess if they if their fields need to be more open and not closed they need to go from 54 holes to 72 if they want to do those things to accommodate for what is required to to achieve nobody's saying that live golfers can't get world rankings they just say that the tour has to has to abide by the rules and regulations for, for receiving them that every other tour on the planet has to follow. So you're the ones that need to adjust. And this yeah. is the part that I'm just drives me nuts is, is, you know, Oh, you know, Brooks Kepka this and Bryson DeChambeau this, and you know, the best players on the planet are playing on live golf. Awesome. Great. They're the best players on the planet by whose standard. Cause yeah. they're not living up to the standard that every other tour is living up to. Well, no. here's the thing. This this means live is hurting their own players. Mm-hmm. It's hurt, they're hurting their own players by not adhering to. No, but that's I, why I, these guys went there in the first place. They well, went there for the big payday. They went there right. for the shortened events. And, they went there so they could wear yeah. shorts and play loud music and Happy Gilmore it all the time. That's that's what they went there for well, for the relaxed like professional <clears throat> big payday. All about yeah. the money, and that's fine. Yep. You're professionals. You play golf for money. That's the bottom line. End of story. But you went eyes wide open to something you knew was going to have these repercussions at the end of the day. So now don't come back and start dissing the PGA Tour 
I don't care what the PGA's financial situation is. I don't care if they had the money all along to pay the players. That's irrelevant. You went to the PGA Tour because that was your option as a professional golfer. That's the path you wanted to take, and you took it. Then someone else came along and said, we're going to give you millions of dollars to come and play here, and we're going to bury the PGA Tour. And that's been your sole mandate. Take the money. Go have fun golfing. No pressure. Like, zero. Think about this. You're on live golf. Zero pressure. Every, every tournament you tip it up in, you've already got millions of dollars in the bank. Zero pressure. Yeah, None. I get it. So on the PGA it. Tour, if you're the top of the top of the top with the big endorsement deals and you've won majors and stuff, you're tipping it up every week, zero pressure. Mm -hmm. But if you're not at the top of the top, it's a ton of pressure. You've got to make cuts. You got to make cuts. You got to get points. You got to get to the end to make there's the money a, to have the a, zero pressure. You got to earn a, there, zero pressure. There's a big reason Anthony Kim is in Jeddah this week and making his debut. Zero pressure. He didn't have a pathway really back on the PGA Tour when that guaranteed financially. Mm -hmm. More than likely, Liv has paid off his insurance policy. He's probably out of cash after being, you know, out of pro golf for 11, 12 years. He gets his money. They get their buzz for what may be a week. Um, and it's, it's a stress-free way he can shoot yeah. 80 and he can finish dead last and he's still going to get a hundred grand for the week on top of yeah. whatever other money they paid him. Um, <clears throat> and if he really wanted to compete, which he says he would be competing probably in some other variation where there's actually some, we'll call it punishment mm -hmm. for not playing well. So anyways. Yeah. Okay. So we'll leave it at that. But uh, again, um, Bob, great statement, great interview. Rory, I give you 50-50. You know, you didn't you didn't agree, you didn't disagree. Well, that's all that's all good. Uh us, 100 percent effort for the comments. Much appreciated. Kudos to us. All right. Moving on past it. Um yeah, other announcements uh, uh of note um mm -hmm. to bring up. The um flagstick.com PGA of Ottawa tour has uh, announced its uh its 2024 schedule and um I guess probably the uh the biggest change um this year um is at the end of the season but um just to go over the list real quick the spring open uh is going to be at Equinel uh, May 27th which is following the uh the flagstick uh flagstick open which is the um uh, the May 18th, 19th long weekend. Yep. Um, the Pro Pro is going to be at the Meadows in June. But uh, new format. It's a 999 format. Yeah, it was 666 before. So we yeah. played eight, We played 18 holes, uh, three in the format. 999 gives a chance to play each of the nines. Yep. It also gives a That's little a bit more idea. Well, time. No, there's still one nine missing, right? Yeah, but it still, it still gives some time as well from a separation standpoint yes. to kind of separate the field. 666 is hard. It's difficult. You know, you play six scramble, six Chapman, six better ball. Uh, it's nice. The nine ninety nine. I think just like anything else, the longer that you play, the longer it show or the better chance to showcase overall skills. Yeah. Uh, not, not a sprint becomes a marathon. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It should be fun. Yeah. The summer open is going to be at Canada this year mm -hmm. uh, in the late June. Um, the zone championships round, both round one and round two stroke play competition is going to be at Cornwall. Yeah, um, see it back there. Yes, very good to see it back there. That's uh, mid-July. And um, the Assistant Seniors and Ladies Championship is going to be at Mississippi. As it is traditionally, yep. Yeah. Uh, the Pro Lady uh, Foursome event is going to be uh, at Lock March, um, fittingly. New, new event as well coming up, Renfrew. Uh, uh, Pro the Pro Junior. Junior. Yeah. Yeah, and that's also a foursome event. Mm -hmm. Um. The fall championship is going to be at Stonebridge and the big one at the end of the year that they're all sort of playing to get into yeah. uh, the ping challenge cup is moving to smugglers Glen mm -hmm. in a two day format. Um, and the, uh, the final playability test will also be there on the final, on the second day uh, at smugglers Glen, but the Ryder cup style format that we've always been playing 
um is uh, going to a two-day event so i'm kind of i mean it, it it yeah you missed it the other time when it was a two-day event in yes highlands. i did uh, at highlands yeah yeah uh and you know it was great to have it over the two days have overnight chance for people to sort of mingle and yeah. get ready allows us as the captains to kind of do the pairings overnight and yes. a little bit different a little so anticipation we can, we can... a little excitement yeah, we can mix things up a little bit, uh, yep. a little bit differently. And, you know, it becomes a little bit of a road trip and, and smugglers, obviously, as we know, is a great golf course. So it's going to be fun down there. Absolutely. Um, okay. So the Loyalist Junior Showcase is uh, going to be May 11th and 12th at Loyalist Golf and Country Club this year down in the other other side of Kingston and Bath. Um, great. Uh, it's a great event. Um, yeah. Fun stuff. For the juniors. It's a great start to the season. It's 100 bucks. Yeah, and it includes a practice round and two rounds On top of golf. Of two rounds, yeah, which you is get two rounds of golf and speed. practice round, range balls, lunches, prizes for the top three in each flight, a uh, little registration gift uh, that they always get. Um, just an awesome event for juniors, uh, yeah, and uh, the younger ones they get sort of the uh, the uh, chaperones, if you will, that uh, that follow them around. The older kids, they're on their own, but um, just I, you know. It's a great, great tournament for juniors. Yeah. So if you have never played in it as a junior, parents, you're listening, sign up for it. You'll love it. The kids will love it. And it's a great competition. And it's a great way to get into competitive. Yeah, it's a great way to juniors. introduce them to competition, especially if they've never played in a tournament before. And, you know, being that it's right at the start of the year, they get a feel for that. And chances are then they'll probably be more interested in signing up for maybe the Play Junior Golf Tour. Which is also, or, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, anything else. They just get that taste. They sort of get into a competition for the first time they get past those nerves they see how much fun it is and, yeah. and uh, it should it's a nice hook and hey kudos to those guys for for hosting that and having it at an affordable price for sure i'm not sure what year they're in now but it's been going on for a long time it has i've been trying i was trying to think about that actually and and uh i'm thinking it's probably 15 years now yeah yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely awesome. Um, okay, the uh, the LPGA uh, returned to play this past week at the uh, Honda LPGA Thailand, and um, uh, with Brooke finished tied Brooke for ninth, finished yeah. top ten, ninth yep. ninth place, which is a great top ten finish on the LPGA Tour is great. You can't win every week. No, I know everybody wants her to. Oh, I know, and so many people, seven. so many people see the the what's the way she's playing, the way she's finishing is it's it's not. It's not a success. And I'm like, oh my Lord. you know, come on, really? That's it's a 70 top 10. That's okay. 75 top 10s. Uh, a third of the events that she's played in her career, she's finished in, in top 10. So yeah, mean, these dominant streaks of golfers, that's gone. That, oh, that the so idea that you're going to win week in and week out, contend week in and week out, like for the, for the, for the win. I mean, no, it's not going to happen. True. It's way, yeah. they're way too good now from top to bottom. The person yeah. in, that starts the tournament ranked a hundredth, in the world Could can win, win. like oh, it's 400th so, in the world you know yeah. so if you can finish top 10 most of the time it's, it's yeah. pretty good um, i think a, i think a good example was this week the uh jared de opened the new zealand open at 300 and was tied for 38th and someone said wow you know hard to believe you can shoot 68 and be tied for 38th and i'm like well welcome to pro golf in yeah. 2024 yeah yeah exactly exactly um other big announcement, uh, Lisa Meldrum was announced as a 2024 inductee for the Canadian Golf Hall of Fame. Yeah, um, great for her. Yeah, very, well very exciting. Very accomplished. Um, oh, I mean, so much so. The the list of accomplishments as a professional or, you know, I know we've got them listed here, but they're... Well, they're, yeah, they're as an amateur, deep. I mean, I mean, she won 12 uh, major titles within like a very short period of time with the Canadian Junior Juvenile, uh, three Canadian amateurs. I mean, she just won a ton, went on, played great in college at University of Oklahoma, had three NCAA wins there, went on to play the Epson Tour, the LPGA Tour as well. And, you know, now she's uh, giving back to the game as a Class A pro. She's the Director of Instruction at Royal Montreal. And uh, congratulations to Lisa. She went into the Quebec Golf Hall of Fame last year and then a well-deserved induction this year into the Canadian Golf Hall of Fame. One of those people that maybe flew under the radar a little bit because yeah, she really so. didn't have a lot of professional success, um, you know, as far as big wins and, and so forth. But uh, she did have some wins. And uh, yeah, congratulations to her. Definitely a, a fabulous career that's uh, still continuing. Beautiful. All right. Um, we're going to get out of here. Um, yeah at least for the uh, for the first part the first the front nine uh but we're uh, we're going to get back uh before we go I just want to remind everybody that yes the flagstick open um is full that the 120 players full 
waiting list is starting to fill up. So if you want to get on the waiting list and kind of assure yourself that you're probably going to get in, uh, traditionally it's, you know, it's getting pretty far. 10... We're getting, that list is getting full now. Yeah. The so list, the longer yeah. the list gets, the harder it's going to be. So get on the waiting yeah. list now and then just watch, uh, following the golf expo, probably Monday morning. Um, I'll be opening the registration for the flagstick shootout at Smuggler's Glen. So you can get yourself registered for that one quickly. And I do encourage you to get registered for that one because that one's a little different. We take the registrations, then we select the field. Yeah. So it's and not a first come spots. first serve thing, but you know, it, it helps if you get in quicker because then you get selected quicker. Yep. So uh, get over to flagstick.com and um, sign up for the open and get ready to sign up for the shootout. Okay. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk golf improvement and what it means. Um, how much conversation I have in there, well, we'll see. We'll see. It'll probably um, more than you think. But but uh, definitely Scott will be, be uh, talking golf improvement. So uh, stay with us. You're listening to and watching the Flagstick podcast with jeff bonner and scott mcleod we will be right back when you golf on prince edward island there are over 400 fairways closer than you can imagine not to mention countless miles of pristine beaches and a rich world-class culinary experience so get here fast then take it slow and play around on island time Golf, Prince Edward Island. Well, there you go now. Welcome back, everybody, to the Flagstick Podcast. Uh, I am Jeff Botter. This guy is Scott McLeod, and uh, we certainly want to uh, keep chatting with you. That's mm -hmm. what we like to do. Uh, we've got some interesting stuff to talk about. Uh, good topic in the back nine here, which is, of course, uh, let's get to it. It's presented this week again by Celtic Golf Center, located 20 minutes from Ottawa in Kempville. Celtic Golf Center is indoor golf at another level, featuring five state-of-the-art trackman simulators, two new Unicore simulators with GS Pro. Celtic Golf Center offers now 10,000 course options. Of course, you can't play them all at once, uh, including many major courses, uh, some with island greens and some that are coming up very shortly in April. Um, play rounds with your friends, practice with full swing analysis, play golf games, visit CelticGolfCenter.com to learn more or to book tee times. Um, just on a side note with that, had a good meeting with Andy McWilliams from Celtic Golf Center and, uh, and golfsimulators.ca. A uh, nice little breakfast we had at uh, Johnny Canucks and Leecham area. Love Johnny Canucks. Love Johnny Canucks. Um, French toast and sausage. It's always a good starter for the day. Get your <laughs> sugar rush going so you can crash by noon. Um, but we're talking about... Uh, you know, he's uh, really going to be focusing a little bit with the facility this year on the uh, the TrackMan U uh, um, feature where the individuals are able to uh, um, take the TrackMan course to learn how to analyze the data and stuff on their own, mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to having to have a, a golf pro. Not, nothing against golf pros. That's not the point. It's not no, point. It, it's, it's a TrackMan feature that's available yeah. and, and some people really you know, could benefit from taking advantage of it. Um, and some people probably don't really know how to interpret the data well enough to take advantage of it, but that's yeah, what and, the TrackMan U is for. Yeah, it is. I mean, if you go through TrackMan U, and I'm happy to say that I'm one of the uh, few level two certified TrackMan operators in Eastern Ontario. So I've been all through the TrackMan U, um, but, you know, it gives people a good idea of certain definitions, certain terms they hear all the time, uh, makes them a little bit more familiar. And then when they look at the data, they have a, a better idea of how it works. Obviously, yeah, you still need a coach to kind of guide you through that in a lot of cases, but, you know, knowledge is power. And if you've got a little bit more knowledge, it can just help you a little bit, uh, knowing a little bit more about your game and uh, lead you to uh, maybe some golf improvement. Nice segue, right? Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Just to let you know, I'm a level five flagstick.com administrative certified technician. <laughs> and I'm the only one in, in North America, <laughs> uh, maybe even in the world. Okay. So awesome. As I break your bridge, uh, speaking of sure. golf improvement, <laughs> yes, uh, exactly what does that mean? Now, where this topic came about is we just, you know, you kind of, told me how you how you decided you wanted to go down this road um years ago we just talked about years ago we uh we published an article uh you wrote i published an article about the complete golfer um and um 
taking a holistic approach of how a golfer can improve their golfing experience. Um, specifically, most people think about technique. You know, mm-hmm. oh, you know, supination, pronation, hinging the wrists, is position at the top. You got to rotate and fire the hips and pick the ground and push off with the right side and all that stuff. Um, and it can be that, or it can be much more than that, depending on what that golfer wants, needs, how they want to direct their time, and if they have that time available. So, yeah. why don't you kind of set the table a little more for this and kind of walk us into it? And I'll I'll chip in where mm-hmm. I can. Yeah, I think the biggest thing first off is you know it's that time of year where people are really uh, thinking about their golf games. Maybe they you know it's around the corner. So it becomes a little bit more pressing, even though maybe they could have been working on some of this stuff a little bit earlier in the winter, which they have the option to do that now. Um, but it's a case of if they really want to improve, they need to change something. And that, one of the funniest things I ever had someone say is when you know we had a new golf pro came to a, a course I was at and they said, oh, I might take some lessons this year. Uh, and I'm like, oh, that's great. And they're like, well, yeah, but I don't want them to change anything. Well, that doesn't make sense, people. But what they have to understand, though, is that, you know, it's okay if you don't want to change, but don't expect any results from it. There's not going to be anything happen if you don't make any type of changes. But also understand that change is not just about uh, changing your golf swing. There's a lot other ways that you can go about, you know, improving the way that you play. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's improving your score. Um, but maybe it's about uh, other aspects of your game. So what I want to sort of talk about a little bit today is just, you know, just to go over some of the different aspects, uh, you know, that really go into it and what people could maybe, maybe they could prioritize. Maybe they could look at it and say, you know what, I don't want to change my golf swing this year, but, you know, maybe maybe there's some other things that I could work on. What what else could I work on? Because a lot of times people mm-hmm. don't even think there's anything else to work on. And the they, list is endless, really. Oh, the so. list is certainly it's endless. And I think what happens a lot of the time and, you know, any golf pro will know this, you know, if they're a teaching pro, uh, somebody will come in and the first thing they always want uh, to work on is the full swing. They oh, somehow yes. think that, you know, if they make their full swing perfect, that their game will be, you know, on 59 watch all the time. Um, but the reality, of course, <laughs> is that uh, it's not the case. It, it, no, com- it isn't. No, it's a complex game with a lot of different elements and things that go into it. And, and you know, it's a game that's a little bit different than most other ones. I mean, it's, it happens over a long period of time. Uh, you know, the average round, let's say it's four and a half hours. That's a lot of things that can happen. The actual swing portion of itself is seconds in, in that. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of other things that go into it. So I just want people to kind of open their eyes a little bit and maybe they'll think about their, you know, their golf education a little bit differently and start to think of, okay, maybe it's just not my swing. Maybe there's some other things that I could go after. So my first question to you is what is maybe something that you've worked on over the years where you haven't worked on your swing and and you can you can preface this with how you go about oh, working on your game boy. um but think of the aspect that you would care about the most that might be the easiest for you as opposed to just making swing changes is there anything is this this where the uh, they say in the in the radio business they they call this dead air? <laughs> okay, All right. uh, no, um, okay. I am I am not a tinkerer when it comes to my swing. I don't yeah. play with it. I don't work at it. I probably don't care. Um, that said, I would say if there's any one thing that I try to uh focus on when i when i play is um i don't even know if i'm if it's if if it's that i just well even that focus level could be a minimal focus yeah it doesn't mean it's like you're spending hours on it i i'm not you know if i took if i took lessons and and here's the funny thing i i I have have opportunity. I have the opportunity (laughs) to do this whenever i like i mean if i really wanted to work (laughs) on my swing i've got i've got some a pretty good teacher at my doorstep if I wanted it, but I obviously, and you know, I choose not to. Um, I kind of feel that my swing, my game at my age, and I've kind of had this philosophy for probably about 10 years, um, is uh, at a point where I don't want to change anything in my swing 
mm-hmm. of any drastic nature because I kind of feel like I know what my what my body does. Okay. Um, so when I'm trying to make sure that from a technical standpoint, um, I'm always trying to approach, you know, making sure that the club isn't coming over the top, which is probably mm-hmm. the the biggest single mistake that I've always made is is I will I'll come over the top. And, and I, I get into this or I'll hit the high rights and I know, mm. and I know having taken enough, listened enough to yeah. you, I know why, it, why that happens. So I just try not to do it. Right. I know why I'm doing that. If, if it happens, I know why it's happening. Mm. So I try to focus on not doing that particular sequence or, you know, but, you know, honestly, when it comes to, you know, technical, the only thing yeah. I really work on or practice is my short game. I, yeah, I don't so, really practice anything else. Yeah, and and really, I think you know, if I'm going to observe it from the outside, you do what uh, a number of people do when they're comfortable with mm-hmm. their game. They're comfortable with their technique. They don't want to change their technique. People have to understand that within technique, there's skill, mm-hmm. right? So it's refining the skill, refining your technique. It's those kind of micro skills more than anything. So let's say ball striking for an example. You know, the, the gross motor motion of how to make your technique and make your golf swing and get the ball off the center of the face is one thing, but to get it precisely where you need to off the face is very small, refined movements that are going to happen from a lot of practice. There mm-hmm. might be some drills in there that do that sort of thing, but you're trying to work in those fields so that you're developing the skill, relying on the technique that you've already had. So yes. the, the thing that should be taken from that is that people should understand that, you know, whatever you come with to a, to a lesson or, you know, a clinic or whatever the case may be, um, you know, that's ingrained in you. That's what you do all the time. It's really hard to change that. Mm-hmm. Um, for a lot of people. I mean, you can, but it's going to take a lot of work. And if a person doesn't have the time, so if you came and you said, hey, here's how much time I'm going to do. I don't really care to kind of grind away at the range. I don't mind hitting a few balls or whatever like that. That's where the coach should actually be looking at just your skill development and saying, all right, if you're, that's what you're going to do. And here's how you're going to play. You accept what you're hitting for shot shape and things like that. Um, you don't want to add a lot to that okay, how can we refine your skills so that it can provide a result that's more acceptable? Again, it's not about consistency. Consistency has a cone of, you know, movement. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 there's a corridor that's there. It's not, you know, we're, we're, we're playing with a shotgun, not a rifle. Um, so we have to find that sort of dispersion. So for you, it could be just, you know, skill development. So should people, people, I think, have to first get away from thinking about technique first, Technique is definitely important. Certainly mm-hmm. that's, you know, your basic movement's going to be things like, you know, how to create speed, control your low point, the face angle, the path, you know, you can work on a lot of those for a long time. Um, but you've got to understand, you've got to do a lot of work to change what your brain thinks is the next move it needs to make. Yeah. So in a lot of cases, yeah. If you're not going to put in that effort, which is those type of big movements probably should be doing this time of year mm-hmm. over the winter time, not in the middle of tournament season or the, the time when you're trying to enjoy golf. Yeah. Right? If you want to frustrate yourself, no. help yourself. <laughs> if, if you want yeah. to start doing that when you're trying to play a lot of golf, I mean, the number of people that all of a sudden call up and say, Hey, I, I've got a golf tournament in two days. Uh, I'd like to change my backswing. Uh, the first thing any golf pro should do is basically say, no, it's, that's not happening. Yeah, not now. You're, well, you're selling them a fantasy, right? It's, mm-hmm. and, and I'm not saying you can't affect change in a very short period of time. You certainly can. But for most people, they're going to they're gonna rent that for a while before they own it. And they're going to need to trust that in a lot of different situations. So that's when they need to have less care about the results. And Mm. just worry about that movement. So for people to think about that, you know what? Yes, it is the go-to, identifying your flaws, tackling them and so forth. And and I'm not saying you shouldn't be doing that. I'm just saying based on how much time that you have and how much dedication that you have, you're going to have to limit the scope of that, right? It's a little different than starting with a brand new golfer where you're building them from the ground up. Uh, or somebody that's, you know, putting in a long-term coaching program where they're working year round and you're just developing. I mean, frankly, I've got players work with for, you know, a decade, you know, you can work, you can get a lot of work done, but if you're somebody that's short-term and just looking for some help, maybe you want to start looking some other areas. So skill would be a start of that uh, before we start to work our way down the list. See now, you know, I know for me, 
I've, I mean, if, if people that have played with me regularly know that I will always say when I'm, when I'm swinging well, when I'm hitting the ball, when I feel like I'm hitting the ball well, you can feel that, but I can see the way my ball starts and, and flies, mm-hmm. you know, I know, I know what my shot shape is if I'm swinging well. I know what the ball is going to, the ball is going to go up. I'm going to have a little bit of a cut to it. And if I'm doing that, I'm not, I don't hit the ball right to left. Not, mm-hmm. not unless it's by accident sure. or I'm really, really trying to hit a hook. Right. Um, I don't draw the ball. So if I draw the ball off the tee and I hit it down the middle, I hit mm-hmm. it bad because that's mm-hmm. not, that's not how I hit yeah, it. It's when not I'm, your pattern. It's not my regular thing. So, so I know when I'm playing, okay, yeah, you know, my ball is doing this. I know I'm swinging well, so I just stick with it. You know, yeah. I don't I don't make adjustments or changes. And generally when I'm playing, I don't usually make a whole lot of adjustments or changes while I'm playing anyway. But no, if I see my ball going right to left all the time, I'm like, oh, wait a second, what am I doing? Yeah. And and then it becomes a case of looking at fundamentals. You know, mm-hmm. for me, if, if, if I'm doing that, probably there's something that'll whack with my alignment. I've probably changed something. I probably moved a foot, oh, yeah, done something. So, yeah. so you kind of go back to, okay, you kind of make sure you've set your grip and you make sure that you've got your alignment right. And then you go again. And maybe there's a whole bunch of other stuff going on, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to worry about that when I'm playing. Yeah. So people have to understand uh, every single person has a puzzle, right? And, and their golf swing, mm-hmm. especially when you look at the large movements of their body and how their arms move, there is just this massive puzzle with lots of different pieces to it mm-hmm. that interact to create what your outcome is. And that's your tendency of what you do. And that's what you ingrain. As I said, you're programming your central nervous system, right? It knows what its next move is to do. So it takes a lot of work to change that. So if you yes. have that pattern and you can produce it on a consistent basis, then yeah, there's other areas where you may want to look. And for you, like you said, if you grind away at your short game and your putting, that can that can make up for a lot of the other maybe deficiencies that well, you see. For me, it's easier to work on that. Yeah. You know, given where I live and, and the right. availability of being able to just go and work on my putting on the putting green or go and do some chipping and putting as opposed to going to a driving range to go to yeah. a driving range for me is a little bit more of, of an effort right? Um, to go somewhere to, to hit balls. I have a net here, but you know, there's sure it's not the same, you know, a ball flight's important to me, not just, not just the swing feel. So, yeah. Um, but chipping and putting mm-hmm. and pitching and mm-hmm. that sort of short game, that's easy for me to work on if I want to work on it. So it generally becomes that it's the better part of my game. And I'm sure that other people have the same sort of, you know, some things are easier to work on on a regular basis than others time-wise, commitment-wise. Mm-hmm. So they become the better, that part of their game that's always sharper, always better than other parts of their game. And it makes up for the other deficiencies when you're playing. If I'm missing a lot of greens or hitting a lot of bad tee shots or, you know, chunking shots, things like that you know, hitting good wedge shots and getting up and down around greens and from bunkers and things like that and putting, making making 10 foot, 15 and 20 foot putts, you know, become the savior in your score, mm-hmm. even though you're yeah, not really and, hitting it any better. No, and, you know, we have to manage our expectations, especially with our ball striking that, you know, even the best players in the world are missing greens. So you're going to have to what? get it on some point. The other side of it too is when you look at something like a putting, when we look at that as far as from a technique or skill, you can be a 95 year old, you know, you don't need strength to hit the ball fast. I mean, we're talking putts going, you know, a few miles an hour. Mm-hmm. So it's probably the easiest stuff to change, yet it also impacts the scoring by the most. Yes. But people don't tend to focus on it because the long shots are more dramatic as far as the bad results. All of a sudden, that shot that hits out of bounds are like, oh, I'm a terrible driver of the golf ball. Meanwhile, if they look on the tour, you know, there's guys and girls that are hitting balls out of bounds. It happens or whatever. So, but they don't change their, their whole golf game because of that one shot. It can be a real small thing that made the difference for them. But if you can go and spend some time working on your putting technique and, and, and grinding away on that. Yeah. You know what? You're not going to hit a putt out of bounds, but you're going to three putt. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. you know, you got to find ways to, to gain the strokes. You can gain more strokes on that putting green and that short game than you probably can with that long game overall. Which kind of sets up, um, this is perfect timing, kind of sets up another aspect of being able to improve your game without working with without it being related to your swing uh, or your ball striking and that strategy. Yeah, um, If you happen to be a very, uh, like a really good putter or have mm-hmm. a really strong short game, you can break holes up 
into different segments to ensure that you're not putting a lot of pressure on, okay, you know what? I'm really good at chipping and putting. So I'm going to hit a fairway wood off the tee because I can hit it straighter. And I know that I'm going to have to hit a hybrid or a long iron or a mid iron into the green. And I'm probably going to miss the green or come up, you know, have a long putt, but I'm a really good putter or I can chip really well. So that plays into my wheelhouse strategically, as opposed to, Oh, this is a 400 yard par four. I need to have, uh, I need to hit it to the 150. So I got to hit it 250. Right. So you pull out the driver and you hit it into the, into the water, into the trees. And now you've just added a stroke. So strategy plays a part specifically in how it best suits your game and even if you're not the greatest putter or greatest uh uh short game chipper or whatever mm-hmm. um having a chip or a, a long putt versus having to take a penalty stroke or a drop is far more likely minimize the doubles I and mean, that's yeah. always what i've said with my game is i don't make a lot of doubles which means if only if I make a bogey, I've only got one stroke to make up, not two. You make a double early in a round. It's hard to get. You know, yeah, it's hard and to you make think you want to shoot even par. Now you got to make two birdies to make up yep. for the double, and now it becomes even more difficult. And you throw a bogey here and there, and now you've got to make four or five birdies. And most people don't do that anyway. So yeah, you're good looking, go- at, you know, good good golf. If people look at it, uh, look back at it, it, it's pretty boring. It's actually mm-hmm. fairly vanilla. It's about giving yourself the opportunities to maybe have those spectacular things, as yeah. far as those, uh, you know, birdies or or other opportunities in that way. Um, generally, if you if somebody goes and they take a you know a teaching lesson for an example and they work their way around the golf course, they'd be surprised uh, what clubs end up in their hands. So mm-hmm. one of the first things that happens with you look at like the national team for an example, national team athletes when they go back and look at the round. Uh, recaps you know they look at the strokes where they didn't make swings mm-hmm. right if, you, if yeah. you're making strokes where you're not actually making swings which would mean penalty strokes mm-hmm. um it, it's those are throwaways those are ones you can get back and yeah. you know if you see the the level of risk and i'm not talking about you know the the spectacular fun shot out of the woods here uh, i'm talking about the level of risk, which you love to do which oh, is fine. That's, that's your game but i mean if people want to reduce the risk there's a lot of other ways to take things on to give themselves less anxiety to pull off shots that they're capable of hitting uh, and that's part of the strategy and again you know when i mentioned about you know, playing with a, a shotgun, not a rifle, everybody's got dispersion. You know, we don't see golfers, especially if you put them on track, man, and we start to see their dispersion patterns, right? The tour players, even tour players, they'll know what their dispersions are. And when we're talking tour players with 30 yards each way on a driver, mm-hmm. you know, imagine what the average amateur has, you know, and now exactly. we have to look at, we don't have to look at, we don't want to look at the, you know, at the ends of the spectrum. We want to look at the meat of it, maybe 80% of the shots. And we want to plan for sort of that. And if all of a sudden, you know, you've got a pond in the way, you know, we got to pick out where our targets are going to be because we know where we're going to spray, you know, or, you know, from a lengthwise, you know, north, south, what our dispersion is going to be. We have to figure that out and work our way around the golf course. Same thing goes for targets when we look at greens. If we have that, you know, dispersion that's happening and we know what it's going to be, why don't you play within that? And why don't you point your shotgun in the right direction and not all of a sudden just be, you know, shooting at a pin when you got a, you know, four iron in your hand, uh, your odds of actually hitting that probably pretty difficult to get it on target. In most cases, it's an accident when it actually goes on, even for a tour pro, right? If it ha- lands right on the target, it's pretty difficult to do. So we got to find out where our strategy is as far as what our targets are. But again, that that goes to working with, you know, working with your coach or identifying on your own what your patterns are, how wide your shot pattern is, uh, how much you're missing north-south, which would be short-long, which should be something that you're working on with, you know, your fitter and things like that when you're doing clubs. And that strategy, you don't have to change your golf swing. No. Right? No. You, 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 get to, you get to choose that, but it's uh, less about being careless and, and making a choice of putting yourself in an opportunity to give yourself opportunities. Yeah, I particularly like the six shots that come after me trying to hit a 180-yard trap six <laughs> iron through a four-foot gap with a hard hook. <laughs> That's why to we a back pin play. over three bunkers uh, mm-hmm. and water to the right. So yeah, but that's, that's my why, game, not yours. That's why we play match play. You got it, baby. Match play yeah. is the ultimate equalizer. Um, okay, so uh, we're gonna bang through these last uh, yeah for few sure. topics here because I know we're gonna get up against it here. But uh, nutrition is important as well. Um, yeah. Hydration, especially important when you're playing golf. I, I mm-hmm. can't. I can't even 
begin to tell you how many times I've been in a golf course where guys are are pounding beers uh, while they're playing golf and wondering why they're playing so bad and it's 40 degrees out and I haven't uh, seen them drink a sip of water yeah. the whole day. So, Or, or um, the junior or the junior kids that don't eat at all. And meanwhile, they're out there for yeah. five hours, right? Now yeah. it's getting better. You see, the, you see the Tupperware containers, you see the snacks and stuff out there. But kids go out there and then they wonder why the time they're, you know, yeah. and I shouldn't say it's just kids, but adults too or whatever, especially in tournament conditions when they're under a little bit more pressure, more stress, the body's using up more energy and they get down to that back nine and they can't can't think clearly and you know your body needs fuel yeah, and that's really does. what it comes down to and it needs hydration as well it does indeed uh so the nutrition is important mental skills and yep. management emotion management on the golf course i don't know it is so funny sometimes to watch some people play and you're you know and it's casual not even competition it's just casual sure. golf and you see them make a bad shot and then way goes the club and cursing this and that and what am i doing wrong why am i doing this i i should be able to hit the ball further than this what am i doing and they start working on their movement and their motion yeah. they don't even know what they're doing when they do it no. they're taking the click they're it's pretending the drama. To do this it's the drama to... it's dramatic it's like, it makes it you know what, what are you doing yeah. there like like yeah like i know for me um, I went through a period of time when I was golfing where my emotions got the better of me and I, I was, I was a good player and I wanted to be good. And once I, once I was really good at it, I couldn't understand why I couldn't be that good all the time. Yeah. And then, you know, a switch went off for me many, many years ago. I'm still a decent golfer. So don't think that this is some guy that used to shoot in the seventies that now shoots in the nineties and doesn't care. No, I still shoot in the seventies pretty regularly. I still shoot under par from time to time, depending on where I'm playing, but I don't care. Mm. And mentally I have no care in the world when I'm playing because at the end, I don't play competitive anymore. Yeah. So that's part of it. Um, I, I'd say you care, but you also don't put your, your effort into negative energy. That's really what it comes down to. That right? shot that I hit bad is gone. Now there isn't totally. a darn thing that I can exactly. do in the world. It's exactly. kind of like in hockey, yeah. a coach arguing with a ref over a bad call in no the history point. of hockey. No ref has ever overturned, overturned his decision because the coach called him a dumbass or was yelling <laughs> yeah. at him from the bench. All that happened yeah. was the coach got a tactical two minute penalty or thrown into yeah. the game. So yeah. there's more of an escalation of what can go wrong than a fixing of what just went wrong. And the same, thing goes for golf you hit a bad shot you hit it into the water you miss a green you hit it in the bunker you chunk it that shot's gone getting yeah. upset and 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 uh aggravating that situation will only mm -hmm. make the next shot worse yeah so well the, what, what that is or really what it comes down to is just the theater the response the theater of it right mm -hmm. like you know it's just, you see people coaching i obviously are involved you, you know you're involved with hockey i'm involved with volleyball as well and I see coaches getting upset, but I also see them sort of glancing towards the, you know, the audience and they, they see the, the parents and they're like, well, I'm supposed to be upset because the parents expect me, yeah. I need to be upset or whatever like this, but they also don't understand the implications of it. So again, even as our own selves, when we're playing, we're, we sort of demonstrate this, you know, anger just because it's the theater and we think we're supposed to be mad. Yeah. But once we understand that there's, it's just wasted energy that we just need to take that energy mm -hmm. and focus it on the next shot. That's when you're in the better position to actually, yes. you know, and be potentially add attention. Which, if anybody oh, yeah. knows anything, you don't have to be a golf pro to understand. The biggest thing that can kill your swing oh, yeah. is tension. too much tension. Yeah. That can that can affect club head speed. That can affect the path. That can affect everything because mm -hmm. tension tension will pull the club off offline in a second, mm -hmm. and all the technique technique in the world is not going to help if there's too much tension in your forearms. I use you know the old expression when you grab the club, you know let the club loose and then and then regrip the club after that. You know hold it like you're holding a baby bird. All that kind of stuff. Well, there's they're weird expressions, but but the idea behind that obviously is is it is you're supposed to relax. You're supposed to relieve you know re reduce the tension, so you're mm -hmm. not holding onto it. It's like you know and the same thing you know a goal scorer in hockey when they're gripping the stick too tight, they can't score because there's, there's you can't shoot where you want to shoot. It changes your body pattern. It changes your, it changes, I'm so angry. It changes, yeah. It changes your movement. So you're, yeah. you're basically putting yourself in a situation where you're not directing the energy you should to where you should. Um, you know, it's difficult to keep yourself focused during a yep. round. It takes, it takes practice to be able to do it, to deal with adversity, to, uh, to deal with distractions, you know, to manage our expectations. And again, that's something that people can work on without working on their technique mm -hmm. and it can add to their golf game, not only 
probably maybe extend their life, <laughs> you know, yeah. keeping their blood pressure down, but it could probably help them from a score standpoint as well. So if they took the attitude where they weren't worried about the results as much and just went ahead and played, they would definitely probably improve. Okay. So um, two other things, physical ability, we won't really get into this one too much, but strength yeah. does become a factor, you know, hitting out a sure, rough, certainly. hitting of certain situations, being stronger, recognizing whether you're physically strong enough to play certain shots or or not you, you don't take those risks if you're if your club is your ball is in deep rough and you're not particularly strong taking your three iron and trying to hit it out of there is probably not the smartest idea taking your wedge and hitting it out was probably the smarter idea so that comes back to course management as well and understanding your physical abilities right um what tools and, you have available exactly uh the final thing obviously is uh, that we'll touch on here uh for a couple minutes is practice routines yeah um because the this is something again that you can control as a golfer at whatever level you want to control it whether you're a highly competitive golfer and you've got sort of a you know it's this golf season and you're you've got a daily regiment and this is your routine or if you're just a go to the range twice a week person and mm -hmm. you're only there for an hour this is the practice routine i'm like you know setting some kind of a practice routine and getting yep. the most out of it yeah, practice is not exercise. People should realize that. You know, there's a difference. If you want to go to the range and just beat balls for a couple times during the week, that's fine. But that's not practice. No. You know, that That's basically, you know, you're hoping for a random shot. You think it's great. And then I'm going to go to the golf course and I'm hoping for more of those random shots. Practice is really about doing something specific. It's really having something that you're actually trying to work on. One of the things that we see a lot, especially with uh, junior golfers, is they'll show up at the range they'll live on the range. They'll be there mm -hmm. for a long time. But I can tell you, I drive into golf courses and I see kids and they're like, oh yeah, I was on the range for four hours. And I'm like, yeah, but I saw you on your phone, chatting with your friend, <laughs> you hit eight balls. Um, and, they, and then they also wonder, you know, where'd all my time go? Mm -hmm. um, the better player, the one that's really knowing what they're doing basically is going to have an effective practice. They're going to really determine what is the issue that I have during my game what is the specific thing that I need to work on? How am I going to go about doing that and effectively going and taking care of that practice, right? They could get done a lot faster. Uh, they would have the rest of their day to do whatever else, go play, go see their friends, have some social time or whatever the case may be. But when you go to the driving range, you want to have a specific plan or go to the practice green or whatever the case may be. You want to pick out particularly what am I trying to improve on? What is the weakness? What is the skill? What is the technique? I've got to be really pointed in what I'm doing. And that way you can actually gauge it as well. I mean, if you go to the range and just say, I'll just hit a whole bunch. And then you just, you know, say, oh, was that better than the last time? Exactly. You know what, what are your, what, what's your actual goal in, in trying to do a particular thing? If it's putting, what are, what are my metrics that I'm trying to, you know, get to, to, to prove to myself that I'm actually doing something quite effectively. So um, practice routines are really, really important. Again, something you can work on with your coach. Uh, but the thing is, if you, if you feel more confident after your practice session, because you've been more pointed with it and you've accomplished what you need to do, that's going to filter into your golf out on the course yeah. as well right as opposed to just going yeah i sort of hit some balls okay and and hey if you want to just go and whack balls towards the sign and say i feel better help yourself mm -hmm. but it's probably not the most efficient way that you can go about you know having a practice routine yeah 100 100 percent. that's why i don't have one <laughs> um and i don't um you know I, although i will say this when i am when i am going to work on my short game um there are there is a specific pattern to what I'm doing if I'm going to work on it. Sometimes it's just you know my youngest son Brandon and I'll go over to the the golf course and we'll play a little putting game. Sure. Well, that that's a practice routine. Yeah. You know we have a set thing. Oh, we're going to do this. We're gonna we're gonna do one two three four five six seven eight nine. Little match play. We're gonna go across here. We always have the same pattern to how we do the putting and you know. Sure, so but you're, it, pra you're practicing pressure. You're pra practicing more of a yeah. real life situation or whatever. And there's actually an outcome that, that, that comes out. Exactly. Of it, right? yeah. 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 So anyway, I mean, it, it, it is, uh, you know, those are so, all, all some very, you know, very valid things to, so let, let me just recap it before we wrap it yeah. up here. You're practicing. So when you're talking about improving your game, you'll change something. It doesn't necessarily have to be your swing. Right. We can be talking about technique. We can be talking about your, a skill that you want to refine. Uh, we can talk about course strategy, on-course strategy, off-course strategy. We can talk about nutrition. 
We can talk about mental skills and emotional management on the golf course. Uh, we can talk about your physical ability and what you can do off the golf course to, to improve the physical ability or on the golf course to recognize what your physical ability actually is. And we talk about finally about practice routines and what you can do to set a routine in motion to actually get the most out of your session at the range or your session on the putting green. All really good points. Great topic. Um, it's a deep one. It is. That's that, that was pretty deep, even yeah. for me. But people should realize, you know, there is a lot of different ways that you can get better or mm -hmm. improve your golf experience because it necessarily might not necessarily, you know, equate to always, you know, good scores, but it might, it might change how you feel about your game, exactly. Uh, which again, makes it a little bit better. Um, but there's no better time to tackle that than right now. Yeah. Get after it. Yeah. And you let, you heard it on the flagstick podcast. You got it. Which is always cool. Okay. Well, we're going to wrap it up. Um, we got to gather some stuff together, get ready for the big golf expo. Um, we do. As most of you are listening to this podcast to, on Friday, um, those that are lucky enough to listen to it Thursday night, well, golf expo is tomorrow at noon. Show mm -hmm. opens at noon. We'll be there. Um, or the show is already open when you're listening to this. It's yeah. Friday. Um, so we'll be there. We got some stuff to give away. We got some ballots for you to fill out, and there's going to be lots going on at the Golf Expo. Scotty Max is going to be on the stage, um, you know, helping out Derek McDonald with some some instruction and doing a little interview with uh, with our good friend Curtis Barkley. So uh, be sure to get to, get to the Golf Expo this weekend. Check it out. Check us out. Enjoy yourself. Find a deal. Try some stuff out. Hang out with your buddies. Whatever. Come you ask like. us questions and have a chat. Exactly. So that's a wrap for us for this week on the Flexi Podcast. Thanks to our sponsors, Metcalf Golf Club, Celtic Golf Center, and presenting sponsor this week, Golf PEI. Golf Prince Edward Island is a premier Canadian golf destination boasting the most number of golf courses per capita in the country with over 400 fairways. Closer than you think, top tier accommodations and exquisite culinary experience. It is the easiest golf vacation you will ever book. Visit golfpei.ca to book those uh, tea times and vacations um glad you're listening glad you're watching hope you're enjoying please follow us across all social media networks instagram x facebook subscribe on spotify audible google google podcast apple podcasts do not forget to hit the youtube channel up uh, like us click the notification bell make sure that you never miss a single episode get yourself over to flagstick.com check out the uh, indoor golf directory check out the course calendar coming very soon check out our newsletter registration sign up for the flagstick uh, digest newsletter and get all this great information and whatnot sent to your inbox three times a week that's three not two not one but three times a week um and um you're going to enjoy that amazing golf content delivered every single day as always we do appreciate you tuning in but until next week i'm jeff potter I'm Scott McLeod. And remember, go for the stick.